Aaron, mate, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me in. Cocktail bar manager. Yes. Of the merchant, no less. Yeah. No less. <laughs> no less. The bougiest place in town. <laughs> yes. How'd you end up in Dubai? Um, let me ask a question. So I basically, I went to university in Northampton. So it's a bit of a long story. I went to university in Northampton. Studied photography. Um, met a girl. Moved to Birmingham, where she was from. Bought a house there. Ended up in the project management. Um, <laughs> wow. It's a bit random. But while I was at uni, I was doing bits and pieces of TJ Friday's. But I really, I loved, loved the industry. I really fell in love with it. Um, but then, yeah, I fell into project management for a couple of years just to get a mortgage, basically, because I couldn't really get a mortgage on a bartender's salary at the time. Um, and then we we broke up, so I gave her the house and moved back home. Um, and that's and when TJ Fraser in Belfast opened up, so I went there as a the bar manager. In Vic Square, yeah. Uh, yeah, Victoria yeah, yeah. Square. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met a girl there. And she we were, she was the restaurant manager, I was the bar manager. There was no real progression anywhere, and Belfast hadn't really exploded at the time. So it was still in 2008, 2009. Um, wasn't good enough to work the merchant. Went used to go there for connoisseurs club and stuff, so kind of met Sean and Jack off on and off. Um, and yeah, we were going to go to Qatar one stage, and then Dubai came up. She got a job there. I then applied for the same job, and both went out in 2009. That was it. Ten years later, came back. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but it was great. It was great. What yeah. were you doing out there? So bartending and a few bars and then it was a bar manager and uh, it was all mini Japanese venues mm-hmm. uh, for about four years. Um, that's when I became a sake sommelier as well. So went to London and Knightsbridge for the course and then back out to Dubai. So that's when I was then opening Japanese venues for um, yeah, for about three years. So four, four venues. And then once that happened, went to another venue that kind of fell through and then we were kind of like out of a job. Yeah. So I then worked for a consultancy company where we were opening bars and restaurants in Dubai for really rich people, basically. Unreal. Um, that was cool. That was that was a really cool couple of years. Um, and then after that, then started working with another guy who was from Donegal out there. Um, and we were doing a lot of consultancy, a lot of events. Um, and then that kind of fizzled out towards the end of the summer because it was too hot. So Monday winter time is when you do the good events. Um, and then went back into um, another vest venue, sorry, another restaurant where I was running that for a couple of years and then came back home. And that was it, really. Unreal. Yeah. So it was a bit of bits and pieces. Well, we were saying Saki. Yeah, Saki. So, I mean, how, why, when, what? <laughs> it's, it's so <laughs> From weird. TJ Fred, yeah, so Saki Somalia. Basically, um, the, ve- the first venue was called Oku. It was a Japanese restaurant. Yep. And Saki, for everyone, is, I've had it like only once or twice. It's like a hot Japanese Oh, well, that's, that's the original... It's Japanese patching, really, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's fermented. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> it's got a patching about name, no? <laughs> Maybe I didn't have good ones. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of misconceptions with sake, but there was like, this venue had 74 sakes and nobody really knew much about it. Wow. Um, and I don't know, I, I didn't really like sake, so kind of learned to like it, got really interested in it, and then just fell down a rabbit hole for a year and a half of learning about it and how the different prefectures happened and how different sakis have different flavors, the same as the same as what wine, uh, wine sorry. Uh-huh. Um, so that, yeah, that's then that really happened and just loved it. So they then sent me off to do the course. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like sake, it's, you have so many different sakis, the same, same as uh, wine. There's like over 600 different flavors in sake, whereas wine only has like 200 flavors. Wow. I'll say only, but yep. still quite a lot. Um, and then from the north, from the north in Hokkaido, you have like, like light, slight, slightly fruity, kind of new world style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then down the south of Kagoshima, you'll have, that's where you'll have the hot sake. And hot sake, 
basically it's just to used to heat it up just to kill the bacteria and never <laughs> drink it. Unreal. But now it's obviously they now makes the the sake to to benefit hot. So they have different hot and cold sakis. So I would say give it another go in a in a different venue. Yeah. Um yeah, it's great. Sake's amazing. What's it made from? Like what's the origins? Rice. rice. So it's all rice, wow. yeah. Um so basically you've got different um uh, what's the word? Different levels for lack of a better word. Um so you basically with the, the rice they'll take away thirty percent, leave seventy percent, and that'll be like a very thick, robust, heavy uh sake like a red wine. Mm-hmm. So the the more you polish it, um polishing, uh, the, the more light it becomes. So it's to get to the um the heart of the, the rice and that becomes more sweeter then. So then it's more expensive, obviously, as well, because you're getting rid of a lot of the stuff, which goes into animal feed, your rice crackers, all that type of yeah. jazz. Interesting. So, yeah, it's good. Hey, we could talk for hours on about it, like, to be honest. Yeah, yeah it's that's good. Nice. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That really is amazing. Yeah. And the go, like, because, I mean, obviously you fell in the hospitality by accident, really. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then they end up to be, we, what, we had Dubai for 10 years? Dubai for 10 years, aye. So wow. it was, but like I said before, that when I was at university, um, it was actually, forgot about that, it was actually a pizza hut. Uh, back a house for a while, which is awesome. Because you're poor, so you're getting free pizzas, <laughs> Feed, feeding the whole family when you're coming home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was really good fun. Um, and then that's when I did TGIs and then on and off at university. Then yeah, ten years in Dubai. And then how, how did the merchant come up? Because you say you were always like a fan of the merchant. Oh, I, I. at the Connoisseurs Club, but yeah. Sean and Jack. Yeah. Um, so it, so it, I, it was just literally when I came back. I moved back in 2019, and I had a job lined up. For one of the guys who I worked for in Dubai to move to Australia and be his group GM busy for a couple of venues in Brisbane. Um, but yeah, I moved back October, November time and just, yeah, just really missed the place. Like just mm. fell in love with Belfast. I, n- I never fell out of love with it, yeah. but just fell in love with whatever <clears throat> what it was. And yeah, you had no idea how much how much you miss it when you're away. Um, so I decided to stay. So um, then I was looking for jobs and a little bit of space in the merchant came up, literally, and that's applied for it and Three or four interviews later, I got the job. Brilliant. Yeah, so it was good. It was really good. Really happy. Yeah. So when you left, it wasn't like you couldn't wait to get away from home. You were running away from all your demons no, like I was. You, no, you no. Just the opportunity came up, uni and it. all that sort of stuff. That yeah. was all it was. Yeah, it was just a case of what's next. You know, so it was two years in in, in bar management in, in Belfast. And like <clears> I said, it, there wasn't enough growth within TGI. So it was, mm-hmm. it was what it was. So it was about finding somewhere else to go. And yeah, just come up in Dubai and that was it. Let's, let's go. Didn't really have much much clue of what what was in store for me over there, but yeah, it was it was all good. It was all good. And you only planned to come home just for a wee while, literally for Christmas. And then you got caught in the trap. That was it. So it was like I says, mum and dad, will come back for Christmas, but I'm going to be flying out in end of January. Um, and then yeah, but three weeks later, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay. And if you put words to that, like what what was it? it? I don't know. It's it's just a feeling. It was it's yeah. it's so cliche, like, but it was just a feeling, like. It's going to sound really random. I was driving to Bangor and driving to Flower and seeing the big Royal Mail building. And it was just seeing bits and pieces. Oh, yeah. man, you got this weird nostalgia feeling. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the family hadn't seen my nephew. You know, he was flipping <coughs> seven years old, for God's sake. Um, so just really falling back in love with with everybody again. Like me and Scott had a bit of a distant relationship with my brother. But when I came back, we were adults. So we, right. we yeah. came close literally straight away. So yeah. it was all good. That was all, that's what it was, yeah. I, I, think, been, I think there is something about... Because we all, we all get pissed off with Belfast and it yeah. does our heads in. But when you leave it, mm-hmm. yeah. you do. It's not even homesick. You miss the people, you miss the oh, culture, right, you everything. Miss everything. And it's when you come back that you really do yeah. fall in love with it again. And especially like somewhere like Dubai, because I mean, obviously here, 
where our, <clears throat> our socialising yeah. would be completely different. Our drinking culture would be completely different. So that must have been, you know, a bit of an eye-opener for there you There was a well. lot of it because out there, because it is so warm during the daytime, it, it is nighttime venues. Everyone's drinking. There's like three and a half thousand bars out there. It's chaos. But um, it was... It was like one of my friends, he's from, from Belfast, he's actually ex-bar manager, a guy called Chris, and I was in his house for a bit, and he has a photo of Horn and the Wolf. Mm-hmm. And it's just all these little things kind of go on flip sake. It, it is so mad how, how much you miss it when you're away. And seasons as well, I suppose, like there's no greenery and stuff in Dubai, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, just everything. So yeah, it was really good to be back, and still is really good to be back. And culturally, like what's Dubai, what's Dubai like? Because I, I know it, very little about it. It's hard to describe, and it's a lot of expats, you know, it's 80%, 90% expats. Um, so you do create your own communities and stuff within work, especially. Um, but the general culture itself, like local culture, they're mm-hmm. they're amazing guys. Like I mean, what you hear is not is not what's out there. Do you know what I mean? Um, they are quite strict on things that if you if you just follow the rules and have respect for them, then it's it's grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we were, you say you're right drinking all the time anyway. Every day, brunches on a Friday and everything else. It's it was it's, yeah, it was really good. And say the guys were it was really good guys. Yeah, because yeah. I must admit, like it used to be my perception that you know if you were if you were going for a drink in Dubai, it was undercover. Oh, yeah. And but that's completely oh, changed. Oh, it? it's it, say it's drinking every night th- till three a.m. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a nighttime drinking venue. <laughs> it's mad. At what point did you go to Mexico? When did that happen? In Mexico. Your, so that was your journey last last year. Yeah, this time last year. Oh, recent. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So that was this time last year. Um, that was with Condesa Gin. So I was working with the guys at Drinksology and um, yeah, they had a competition. They're starting this new new uh, new gin. So it was from Condesa in Mexico City. Um, and then there was 12 of us from around the world went over there. Um, well, 11 of them were from the States and Mexico. So I flew me out there for a week. That was great. That was really good. Getting to go around doing some takeovers as well in some of the bars. Um, that was that was unreal. Mexico City. Another misconception you have about there where it's quite dangerous and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I was walking around for hours on end, just by myself. Absolutely lovely people, really, really good. So if you ever get a chance in Mexico City, like 100%, beautiful place. Brilliant. And it was nice. It was like 20 degrees, 22 degrees. And apparently it's like that. It goes up to about 26, 27 normally in the summer. So it's like a steady, nice one. steady, steady warmth. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah so you, most of it, I'd seen some of the photos of that trip that Richard Ryan took. So, um, yeah, definitely seemed like a good trip. Oh, I Oh, it's good crack, like. Really good crack. Lots of mezcal. That's what the, that's what new thing as well. Because obviously mezcal, yeah. but over there that's all they drink more and more than tequila. Do you know what I mean? So any bar you have like fifty or sixty different mezcals, as opposed to like I said tequila. That's what they're really pushing. So it was me- mezcal's a derivative of tequila, isn't it? I mean, yeah. So basically, with tequila you have the the blue agave where they they cook it <coughs> for tequila, um, but they um, Sorry, they bake it for tequila and then cook it for mezcal, so you get yeah. more of a smokier, more smokier um, aftertaste to it. Because I must, I don't like tequila, but I like mezcal. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I've got, I don't like the taste of, and I don't like the oily. Mm-hmm. After it's more like a, pe- like a wet pep, white yeah, pepper with, yeah. with tequila. We don't really get with mezcal. Uh. Mezcal, I must have made a really a good mezcal, and it's yeah. really, really nice for this. Yeah, that'd be nice. So all the travels, like all the different wee side quests, you've got your sake side quest, you've got your mezcal side quest, all sort of stuff. Yeah. Do you find that helps bringing it into your work and bringing it into the merchant? A hundred percent. It's just like, it's obviously guests are, what we find with guests especially, I think in the beginning there's a there's a thing where people are a bit intimidated to ask bartenders and this, that and the other. It's for years 
where I think a lot of bartenders become quite pretentious and mm-hmm. I, it, it's something I really didn't like. You know, it's it, we're, there to, we're there to educate, do you know what I mean? You're there to give guests a great time. And I think that that experience and that hospitality was got lost a little bit along the way in the last 10 years. Um, but now, now I guess are a lot more open. I think COVID really helped as well, where there's a lot more online courses and, on, and yeah. we also found that a lot of guests who would go to Gordon's Gin, they like, got a little bit of extra cash over lockdown, so they'll they'll go for a job box, you yeah. know, and uh, go to something a little bit more premium, you know. Um, so then they come in and ask those questions. What's the reason why? Why did I get this and that drink? And then I get that and that drink? And then it opens it all up. Mm. So then you can, again, go down those rabbit holes with guests and just talk about all different, different bits and pieces and just open their eyes up a little bit more to instead of a gin and tonic, why don't you have something else a little yeah. bit different, you know? So, yeah, it does help. It does help. Yeah. Yeah. And then with people traveling as well. So yeah. they're trying different drinks whenever they go away. So yeah. whenever they come back. And I, I, I like your point there about educating mm. so it's given the customers information about the drinks and in that environment the way like Merchant's five star hotel with a five star cocktail bar but without being patronising yeah because I went to one venue once that wasn't in this island at all and that was somewhere abroad but and I'd asked about a couple of drinks yeah. and it was, they were so patronising yeah. that we yeah. end up with left actually yeah. no I'll tell you what done more yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go somewhere <laughs> no, I, was only, I was only asking um, so but it's brilliant whenever because I think as you say people maybe do want the upgrade yeah. to the next level of whether it's gin, vodka yeah. rum, whatever and they want to try something that wee bit better mm-hmm. something that's more handmade mm-hmm. And, and doing that, they want more information 100%. as well. Whereas you said, as long as they didn't ask for Gordon's, they know what they're getting. It's Gordon's. Yeah. They're not interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With any backstory. Yeah. But if they're buying something that's handcrafted, yeah. they want to know a wee bit of the backstory. Totally. 100%. And it's brilliant when staff know it. Because that's why I'd be very much into doing brand awareness training with staff. Yeah. Um, and letting them know the backstory. My Jawbox is called Jawbox, where it's made, you know, and the whole backstory to yeah. it. And it's the same with all the other brands as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That was one of the things as well. Like obviously with, there's like three, 400 bottles behind that back bar and I think staff get overwhelmed so guests are of course going to get overwhelmed. Just go, um, just give me a wine, you know. Um, <laughs> house red. Yeah, house, yeah, that's house red. Well, we've got 12 house reds. So. <laughs> um, but I, it's, it's also those things where about trying to get the staff to say like, do three three bottles a week, you know, mm. of, of Irish whiskey yeah. then do three bottles of Irish gin and at least then when a guest asks, you have the choice you have the options for for the guest, three different things. You know what I mean. And at least then that opens up that that, that confidence and that, that yeah confidence more than anything else for the guest to go actually being looked after. Well, yeah. let me try something a bit more premium. Then what's this one about? And then you start to start to build a little bit more of a rapport. Those guests then come back and hopefully they'll, they'll totally, spend a bit more. totally definitely builds more loyalty. Yeah, because they feel comfortable. Yeah. And you know what? Then guys look after us. That's right. And they tell you about what. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, I totally, totally agree with that. It's it's an investment. It is because we do get it as well. Staff, like, yeah, as well. We do get it as well. Guests guests come and go flip me are a bit expensive, aren't you? You know, well, we'll go through this the experience. It's this, yeah. that, it's that, that. Then they'll go away, and you'll probably see about six, seven weeks later, and go actually. Well, we came back because we went here and went there, and it was just wasn't the same. Exactly, yeah. So this is this is the reason why you do pay. Look, because like with our cocktails, they are they are obviously on the more premium side, but there's 35 hours a week of, of prep goes into those drinks, you know, and it's just there's a lot of they're very very labour intensive. Yeah. Um. They obviously create the best possible drink for the guest. So I'm glad that people do come back and realise that we're not just ripping them off. You know, it's it's more of a mm. it's more of the reason why this is it. You know, yeah, as you said, it's the experience. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. isn't just and nobody nobody goes in 
to the Merchant Cocktail Bar to go in the lash. Fifteen pints later. We used to go, if I was lucky enough to work the day shift on the Black Friday mm. and just to sit in the Merchant Cocktail Bar and just look, if you were lucky enough to get a, a window table yeah. and mm. just look at it at all the madness yeah. going on outside mm-hmm. yeah. and you were sitting, comfy chair, right, nice aye. table, best of service mm-hmm. and it's just it's the experience it's amazing yeah. and it's worth every single penny of it that's uh, good like because we do get we do get some complaints as well from guests where we obviously have to have a wait on you know we have eight tables in the bar so it's like 32 seats we'll get saying, oh can I can I have a table over there can I, can I sit beside those guys like well that's not really what we do here folks you know it's like, oh, and then they call us patronising it's like well actually you know there's a lot of money being spent here people <clears throat> They have the space, they want space. to relax, yeah. and just just feel at home. Do you know what I mean? So it is about educating guests all the way through, and it doesn't stop. You know? Yeah. Why do you think? I mean, you mentioned COVID, which is a, a really good point. Why do you think it, it seems now? This could just be a perception, right? It seems like everyone's getting a wee bit more bougie with their tastes, and not just in drink. So, like coffee, you know, it feels like yeah. ten years ago, everyone would just go to think of a big, massive corporation that pumps coffee out and yeah. be like, oh, this is lovely, this is so good. Yeah. Now I have mates who, like, you know, no harm to them. They're not the most refined characters in the world <laughs> and they're and they're got subscriptions to coffee and they're talking yeah. about the notes in the coffee. I'm yeah. like, what the heck has happened here? Because yeah. it's happened in drink as well. Oh, it used to be people would buy, you know, we'll call it name brand whiskey and now everyone's just, you know, oh, they've got, oh, have this whiskey for this occasion and that whiskey for that occasion. Yeah. I'm like, this is mad, everything that's yeah. going on here. Yeah. I think, I think say, COVID had really had, had a big effect on, like I say, people... A lot of people were drinking a lot more during COVID because they're doing nothing else. Um, and like I said, they wanted to experience a lot more and then realised that actually uh, this brand is a lot better than the than the house brand. Mm-hmm. And that's when they went, let's try something else. Let's go more and more. Coffee carts obviously came huge in COVID as well, didn't they? Um, I fell into that as well and <laughs> bought one and still sat in my bloody driveway. But Did you uh, really? <laughs> nightmare. But um, The gravitational pull was too strong, man. It was. You couldn't resist. Is it, is it a horse box? It is a horse box. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're, work, we're working on a concierge type thing for next year and trying to, get, right. to, some, trying to get some revenue back on it. Very um, cool. Say it again. Very cool. I know it's good, but yeah. so I think I think that actually helped as well. Like, I think there's nearly, like, some, like, someone told me there's like 70 odd... Um, People doing coffee beans in Northern Ireland, so I think there's 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 a massive massive market for it. Obviously, general merchants and that's our name brands. Um, other places in Belfast can um, have helped out as well with with the um, with their service as well. It's not just a coffee shop. You know, you're getting panini yeah. sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've yeah. elevated their their service as well. They yeah. have a different experience, and I think I think obviously guests now are, are into that. You know, absolutely. You've no problem saying brands, by the way. I love general merchants. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually, one of my favorite places to get no, brunch. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go there and then you know, again, traditionally I would be like an ulcer fry kind of guy. I'm yeah. going in there. I'm like, surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever see that meme over COVID about the horse boxes? It was a horse getting on a pink Translink bus. And it was like horses having to resort to using Translink because they've got no more boxes. <laughs> it's amazing. Aye. So see if I have just been drinking at my local my whole life mm. and I've never kind of plucked up the courage to go and, and even try a cocktail, yeah. say. And someone's bought me a, a merchant voucher for Christmas okay. and I'm rocking up to you. Yeah. Where do I start? Like where's, where's a good on-ramp for people? So the biggest thing is, what do you say? Like, have a look at the menu. People go, oh, "No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a drink, I'm a whiskey drinker, I'm a beer drinker." Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Have a try. Do you know what I mean? So generally, what I would always say is, like, if you don't like a drink, I'll pay for it myself. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, nice. 
No, don't. That's a disclaimer. Don't be coming for free drinks. <laughs> like, so I like Jesus. Aaron, I'll take, I'll take 47 old fashions, mate. <laughs> Never had one, but <laughs> I don't like them. Um, that's what I normally say, just to try and break the, just to, it helps the guests kind of relax a little bit more. Yeah. But okay, I'm not going to waste 15 quid on a drink. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. So we then go through, like, obviously, like vodka, rum, gin, tequila, whiskey. We'll go through the brand or the, the spirits that they like. Some flavors, like a free, like a more sour. Just kind of narrow it down. Um, then we'll kind of, Kind of talk about classics in that genre as well. So, say for sour, we'll go like, well, we've got the margarita, you know, which is classic. Oh, not really, you know, okay, well, we'll have this one. So, we'll then kind of go on the sour, sour mix, and then mm-hmm. we'll look at the, the cocktail book and say, well, because we're down to 17 drinks now, so it's a lot easier to go through. Um, and then say, well, here's a couple of drinks, there's one or two that I would recommend for you, mm-hmm. and then just take it from there. I haven't had to pay for a drink yet, so <laughs> it, it's, it's worked. <laughs> so, class, yeah, good that, guarantee. Sorry? It's a great guarantee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's just the way it works. And it, it does help. It said, unless guests are probably like, I'm not going to ask them for a fridge. I don't like it. Do you know sure. what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, it just helps them relax. And I will go, actually, I don't know what I will try it. Um, there was a couple of guests in the other day who have never had potching. We've got a mm-hmm. couple of potching cocktails on there. Um, but they wanted an old fashioned. So we had that kind of style on there. So they had that, loved it, and had two or three drinks afterwards. Class. Then they started asking about Irish potching. And then, how oh, many Irish jeans are right. and then Irish vodka and then it, then it just opens up yeah. everything do you know what I mean Yeah, and that's where they then start to explore a little bit more so yeah it's just about giving the guests confidence mm-hmm. I think is the biggest thing yeah and that, that's exactly what it is it's giving them confidence and in a way like you're giving them courage yeah. do you know what I mean because yeah. for a lot of people I remember the first time I went into the merchant I think I must have, must have been actually it's for my birthday we went to Burt's because yeah. we were we're all in the 1920s New York at the time. Me and my mates were reading Gatsby or something mad like that. I remember going in and being really like, like, are we allowed to be in here? Yeah, like, this yeah, is really, yeah. like, really, really, yeah. really. And, like, the staff were unbelievable. It's just, yeah. like, making you feel comfortable, yeah. treating you just like they would have treated anybody else. Yeah. Where, like, you know, can we just order bread on the menu? Is that okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> but people do need a wee bit of courage sometimes, especially yeah. if they're getting out of their comfort zone. And 100%. that's, I think, I've said to you as well, Jerry, like, the role you guys play in hospitality mm. It's a special role. Like it's on the front line of of, of walking people into an experience. Yeah. And yeah. people do grow and develop as a result of that. It's interesting. And it's making people feel comfortable and and it's I always so I say it's like you want the people to your customer to walk out that door much happier than what the way oh, they walked in. 100%. Mm-hmm. And um and I always enjoyed that now when I was in the the year obviously we didn't do cocktails as such. But I mean, As such? But done, well, <laughs> if, some, no, if somebody really wanted a cocktail, yeah, 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 yeah. but we weren't a cocktail bar, yeah, 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 yeah. it was more beers from around the world and local spirits. But I mean, f- I mean, with beers, with 16 different beers on top back then and That's beers unreal. from all around That's the mad. world and getting people to try beers. Yeah. It was wonderful because especially here, yeah. it's like pound of heart, mate. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you not want to try it? No, mate. You're all right, honestly. <laughs> pound of heart, you know, you really, you really want. Yeah. Or something else. Something. Fine, I'll have a Guinness. So, and then when they try it, it's like, again. Yeah, it's getting them to try that experience. I go, oh my god, that's so unbelievable. Yeah. It's like the whole thing about not wanting to go back to Jawbox, but since we're here. Um, <laughs> When I was in, in nicely brought out job box and we were doing the tastings, and everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people would have gone, well, no, mate, you're right. I don't drink gin. Mm-hmm. And I go, would you want to try this, the job box and ginger? Because everybody's, they think they don't like gin. Their first experience of gin is a gin and tonic normally. Yep, that's right. And that's two dry ingredients mixed together, and it's not the everybody's taste. 100%. With the gin and ginger, 
regardless where it's all boxing at, a good gin and a good ginger ale, mm. is a squeeze, squeeze a lane, is a totally, completely different drink. Totally. Yeah, from gin and tonic. I didn't drink gin before I met you. Mm. Definitely, for those I reasons. Had, I had a fact of people. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people didn't drink till they met me. <laughs> uh, one of the things about tonic as well, the, the quinine's so strong in it and people don't realise how that, that is the actual taste you're getting out of it. Yeah. You know, like... The spirit mixers, 5% is the spirit, mm. 95 is everything else, you know, 70% on the spirit and 20 on the mixer and 25% on ice. So it's so important that you get that right, right balance, you know. Yeah. Like I say, the gin and ginger is great because and it's, I, don't like gin, I don't like the tonic, you know. Mm. I like gin and juice, but that's it's a different story. But yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you you said you narrowed the, the number of drinks down to 17. Yes. Talk to me about that process, because I'm sure, like everything, there's a, you know, this great kind of dance or this great tension between, you know, artistry and profit and what sells and what doesn't sell, and let's try something new. How do you go about that process? Well, that's a good question. Um, so this this menu now is being planned around on paper in my head for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first came to the merchant, I wanted to, to change the menu. Um but the menu just came out. The menu was just brand new. So it was actually a, a pre-COVID, um, sorry, a post-COVID menu. Mm-hmm. So it was already written beforehand. Um, I think one of the biggest things I've found that over the years of working is is that I think the, the, the big books have kind of, I think it's overwhelming a lot, a lot of the time. Um, and people are more visual as well. So one of the things I really want to do is make sure that the next menu was um, photographed um, and understood with with a little bit more description, um, more about the people who behind it as well. I really mm. want to get the people involved. One of the things is I think that people walk in and go, "Oh, I was reading this. Uh, where's Where's Ryan? I want to want to see where's Ryan here. What, tell me about your drink. You know, and it's, it just breaks that bar down straight yeah. away as well. Um, so this menu, it, yeah, the profitability side of things was was okay <laughs> because we are a, a premium priced venue anyway. Um, but it's also about making sure that we we have a good balance of of different flavors, um, and also I wanted to throw some bits and pieces in that people haven't seen before as well. Um, like this menu hasn't got they're not names they're they're um, descriptions you know like creamy, zestful, boozy, mm-hmm. and again it's just to help that that, that barrier break down. Okay, boozy, let's go for that there. When yeah. you know what I mean, um, <laughs> or creamy, you know, or, or picante, which is spicy, you know. So it's it's just about making sure that everything that we did was was relayed back to the guests as easy as possible. Um, and like I say, visually, it had to look good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a lot more people are Instagrammable as well. And a lot of people tell me that we need to be more Instagrammable, but I want to, I want to have a good drink first. Sure. You know? yeah. um, so there was that balance as well, which is very difficult to do. And I think that was probably the longest process. Sometimes now, I go back to front, front to back when I'm writing drinks or making drinks. I'll have a name first mm-hmm. and then I'll try to create a drink around that or I'll have a spirit or I'll have an idea of a flavor and then just create everything around yeah. that as well. Um, so that to try to make that look good as well as taste the way I want it to taste was, was probably the biggest battle. Yeah. Is there any drink that you've really tried to, to get over the line that just doesn't look the part? It's just not when you people hold their Instagram camera up to it, it's like, nah, it's just not going to work. Yeah, there's there's been a few, and it's it's most frustrating part because it, it it'll taste good, hmm. um, but just looks like pants. And you're just like oh, <laughs> you can't you can't sell that. You know what I mean? You couldn't give that away. It's, <laughs> I just don't know why. That, that's the frustrating part. To, to try to fix that is very difficult. And mm-hmm. 
the only way to do it is to take those different flavors and put them into different drinks, and hopefully that'll relay what you want to. And get then out the glassware is very important as well, isn't it? I mean, that's all it the is, presentation. I mean, one of the one of the biggest things I really wanted to do with this one, as opposed to the, the previous menus, was was be as minimal as possible. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're we're big on on zero waste uh, sustainability, and that <coughs> that falls in line with that. Um, so glassware was super important because if it's a if it's a bad looking glass and there's no garnish and this mm-hmm. that and the other a glass of water, you know. Um, but then with the, the the glassware as well, we wanted that super simple as well. Mm-hmm. But it looks you can tell it looks expensive, you know. Um, so it was, but um, got to meet an optimist about that too. But um, yeah, it's it's about just making sure that everything looks the absolute part, yeah. the absolute nuts. The same with the, the the ice as well. You know, the ice is cut. The perfection it's fit with the glass you know 4.2 or 42 mils for each, each square and everything else so everything is absolutely perfection hopefully that fall, falls all the way through mm-hmm. yeah and it, mo- it must have been hard to constrain yourself to 17 then because yeah. it must have been very tempting to go you know what 17 is not a great number we'll make it 20 <laughs> it was, as you say it can become overwhelming and it, you, can give, you yeah. can't give too much choice totally and that, that was one of the things like the previous menu with 25 drinks on it so volume 4 was 50 but it was 49 pages because there was a lot of um, script and stuff in yeah. it as well. Um, and then volume five was 25 drinks and then this was 17. And it's a bit of a random number. There wasn't no random reason behind 17 right. drinks. It was just that it was the way it worked out. I wanted um, a, a large uh, a large photo with text on one and then two, then one. So three photo, three free cocktails on when you open up and then two cocktails yeah. on one. So it kind of opened up when, when I was talking to the printers, they were saying, well, actually, if you... 17 is just right because you got the, the welcome drink on the front. If you have to do that, you have to do an extra three drinks. There's a four right. drinks or it was yeah, 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 yeah. to get the extra two pages. Um, it just makes it flow well then. Really it does. And it's, it's, it's got a nice wee flow to it now as well. And um, <clears throat> yeah, there should have been, I could have done a little more um, just with a couple of more local spirits that I would have wanted to work with. But obviously we'll work with those guys in April time, May time, we'll look to changing. Um, but yeah, super happy with the way it's worked out. Yeah. Yeah, really happy. Um Lots of good positive feedback. Great. Uh, so, yeah. John just walks us through like three drinks, any drinks off the menu, and tells us anything about them. Like you say, the stories behind okay. them, where you say, you know, and this is in no particular order. I'm not going to hold you. Like these yeah. are your top three. Yeah. Just, you know, three that you think would be interesting to, to walk us through. Okay. Um, all right. So, okay. We've got the, the creamy, actually, is, is probably a good one to start with. Um, that drink has been, in, that one drink's been going on for about two years, mm-hmm. two and a half years. And that was with, um, one of my ex-head bartenders and now my assistant bar manager and myself we were playing around to, we're, I think this is the second lockdown um, we were mostly in work just making up drinks and doing bits and pieces and that drink was changed so much that whenever uh, Kyle who's assistant bar manager he left and then he then came back so whenever he came back it was just in time with the new menu so we wanted to re- revisit that drink again um, so that's probably one of the main ones which is um we it's McConnell's whiskey, um, and then we use a, a brown rum and uh, a dark rum. We fat wash it with brown butter. Um, we use another couple of little bits and pieces in there, and then uh, cream. And then we make a pistachio orgette as well. Um, so we have got the pistachio cordial, and then the pistachios on top as well. Unreal. So that's one of the main ones. That's it's a great drink, and it it just have kind of has let's say history. They're two and a half years, so it's it has that little bit of nostalgia from the very beginning of yeah, yeah, yeah. what we're playing about with the words actually finally come on the menu, come to fruition. Um and the actually head bar head tender works for McConnell's. So it kind of all tied in, you know. Um another one is the I'll say the savory. Um 
that one was with the girl Emily, who's a supervisor. Um, she was working on a world class drink for that one. And I use that one because it's quite funny that she doesn't like tomatoes, but she used tomato <laughs> as a base. Um, but we we clarify the tomato water, um, a tomato juice, sorry, and tomato water, and then we add a little bit of basil. Um, we then put some white balsamic vinegar, a bit of vodka, and then Parmesan cheese on top. Oh, wow. So that drink's called the savoury um, because it has everything, all the umami flavours you have yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit of a bit of surprise. It looks like a martini because it's clear, um, but obviously has those with tomato, basil. Yeah, yeah, that balsamic in there as well. So it's yeah, it's a really great balanced drink. And another one, the final one I'll say was the the fruity. Um, and that's by the longest serving member. He's been there from day one, Lugash. Um, he basically I was struggling for another drink. This is going to sound really wrong. I was struggling for another drink. I just I wanted this quite sweet, fruity style drink. Because French martinis, clover clubs are, are all the rage, but yeah. I want one of our own. And I, I don't know, I was just struggling with it, just couldn't flip and get it. And if you make, make a look at Ash, do you know if you know Lukash, Polish guy behind the bar? He's not accepting, he's yeah. been there from day one. Um, he's quite direct and go, bam, I'll do it, no problem. <laughs> Literally five, six minutes, five, six minutes, five or six minutes later, drink was done. I was like, that's banging, that's Yo. absolutely done. Give me the recipe, off he goes. I went for smoke. Brilliant. Off he goes. And that was it done. Mad. So it was, and it was great to have him on board as well. Obviously his, he's like a, I always describe him like, like a defender in a football team. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's just, he's just last man standing, always there, yeah. but not, not looking for the glory. Just always doing, doing his, doing his job, but always super reliable. So it was nice to have him on the menu, especially, especially this time around. So yeah, it's great. Those three drinks I would, I would go for. Unbelievable. Yeah. I love that. And I remember, I remember back in the day, whenever Sean was there, that the, I'm not sure if it was in the Guinness Book of Records or not, but yeah. the merchant had the most expensive cocktail in the world. That's right, yeah. Just, do you still have that or is that? No, so that was, that was I think it was 2011, wasn't it? Maybe, yeah. maybe just before that, 2012. So it was, uh, basically it was a bottle of Ray Nephew. Um, and this Ray Nephew is like from the 60s, um, like 30 grand a bottle. Um, and there's, there was only four bottles left. At the time, um, there was a guy who has two bottles. There was a there was a there was a bar in Dubai had one, and then the merchant had one. Um, so it was seven hundred and eighty, seven hundred eighty five quid, seven hundred eighty. Yeah, something like that. Um, I bet you then turned around saying, "If you don't like it, I'll pay for it." Sure, get this right. Get this too. But I just don't like it. Be careful next time I say that. Now. Um, but no, so that was that was worth was expensive at the time. Yeah. So the Guinness World Record for it, um, which we we haven't got it now, unfortunately. We can't get the bottles anymore. Um, but yeah, that was 2012. People still come in and ask for it. There was a guy come in the other day and says, can I get four of your most expensive cocktail, the Guinness World Record one? It was like, I wish I could. Wow. I just give him some Picardy and he wouldn't know the oh. difference. But <laughs> no. So yeah, people still come in and ask for it. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been 10 years now it's been going. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's hard to believe it was that long ago. Yeah, yeah. I always remember that. I would, would have been new then and, and I always remember sort of, sort of, I remember Sean speaking about it as well. Yeah. And all the work because the ice was from Finland or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, down to everything about it mm-hmm. was like, although it's still seven hundred and fifty quid for one drink. And then but some somebody got me going. Excuse me, that's a wee bit of lipstick in that glass. <laughs> 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 and I'm, I'm the always. <laughs> but I was. It, it didn't last very long as well. Like it sold out quite quickly. There's ten mils left, um, but obviously we can't sell it in a drink, so it's just up there as an ornament at the minute. Nice one. Yeah. So you, I know that you really want to bring the cocktail bar into the top hundred in the world. Yes. How 
do you go about doing that? Like, what's what's stopping you? What's the obstacles? What, how yeah. you know? How does that game work? It is a really really good question. The question I've asked myself for the last couple of years, um, still ask myself today, but. It's just it's like trying to figure out the YouTube algorithm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> there, there's something out there, like. But um, I think it's just more about recognition. It's about trying to, there is obviously trying to get out there on the bigger, bigger platform. Um, and it, obviously the mainland UK has a lot of the bars in that, you know, even with the, they've got the UK top 50, they're all in, our, they're all in mainland UK. Um, so I think it's just about trying to get people out there. So what we do is we do a lot of these takeovers, the Connoisseurs Club coming back with, so Sean, Sean started that back in the day, um, and he would invite top top people around the world, all over for talks. You know, um, Dale DeGroff, yeah. who um, Audrey Saunders, all these people, um, and that really shone a light on on Belfast. Really shone a light on what what the merchant did then, and what Sean was what Sean was doing, and where he wanted to take it. Um, and that was then he then started to get recognised because the people he was bringing over are obviously sure. going back to these other places talking about it and then all of a sudden then well it's not all of a sudden it's a few years in making but all of a sudden then you're on these on these people's lists Yeah. so that's what we've been trying to do slowly but surely that these last couple of years it's, it's just trying to establish who we are again I think is probably the biggest thing um, I had a I had a quite a clear vision of what I wanted that has to then fall in line with with what the merchant is refine what I want as well to keep it the way it's supposed to be um, and then get the, the bosses buy-in, um, which fortunately was very easy to do. Um, they have good support there as well, which has been been a lot easier to do what I've wanted to do. Um, so that's part of it. And then say bringing back the Connoisseurs Club, I feel that that was something that, that the Burnship was known for. Um, it kind of started takeovers globally. They, Sean was probably one of the first people to ever do it, actually. Um, so we've started doing that now. Uh, we've had four or five this year um, with a couple of massive ones starting from next year as well. So we've got those booked in. Um, and basically come in, have a talk for an hour or so, talk about this would be like us. Um, mm -hmm. And then they'll then do a takeover of their drinks from from their venue. Cool. Um, we'll go on their Instagram, people start to post it and everything else. Then you start getting a little bit of recognition. So that's that's hopefully the the, the plan. Um, and then obviously go on there as well. We've got the place to, to go next year to do yeah. some takeovers. Um, and it, you're just trying to big, get bigger on social media, I think it's the biggest yeah. one as well. Do you record those talks? Like, do you do a lot of like online content around it? So not so much the, the, the talks, no. We'll, we'll have a little interview with them, mm -hmm. like just a five, 10 minute interview mm -hmm. um, that we'll post on our highlights. And that'll just basically who they are. Because mm -hmm. um, what we want to do, we want to increase that, 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 that connection of, Missed that one. I want to go to the next one. Right. You know, so it's about giving them a little bit to for them to buy in for the next one. Yeah. Um, which has worked quite well. We've had quite a few people have actually bought in and have come to come to three in a row that we did there last last um last what September, October, November September, October, November there. So it's been great so far. Um it's a lot of work, there's a lot of stress. Um <laughs> trying to create a new menu, going into Christmas, training staff yeah. and Launching this as well has been quite difficult, and you know I was warned off it, but I thought that I had to do it just to finish off the year quite yeah. with with a bang essentially. Um, it did almost break me, but hopefully it'll it sets us up for next year, mm -hmm. which is the which is the main thing. So next year can be more about more focus on training and development, um, more focus on on guest interaction, guest experience, um, because we've got the menu now, we've got the we've got the connoisseurs club kind of up and running now. It's in people's heads, mm -hmm. so we've kind of did the legwork of it now to hopefully get the benefits of it next year. Yeah. Like how he calls them guests. I know it's a hotel, but as opposed to a customer, it's like, mm, like that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's all part of the experience. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And make, 
And I mean, there's a lot of people that would use the cocktail bar, bar in the merchant who are not staying in the merchant. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know people that would go to on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've had two breakfast meetings in the merchant, yeah. which was the best breakfast I've ever had in my life. Um, just getting into that, see that room? Yeah. The, the, the great room. The great room. Nah, absolutely. It's just yeah. stunning. Yeah. Because if I ever meet anybody that's just come to Belfast for the day, yeah. or if any of the guys that I would do a bit of work with down in Dublin, if they're coming up, yeah. say there's one, there's two places you have to go, the Whiskey Museum, oh, yeah. at the front and hand, and the great room in the merchant. Yeah. Or just like they're across the road from each other. Yeah, stunning, absolutely stunning places. It's class. And tell a massive story about Belfast as a city as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, Just those two spots. That's right. Yeah, across from each other. Yeah, it's amazing. amazing. So what's next? Just trying to go through the next couple of weeks, relatively unscathed. Um, just trying to go through Christmas. One of the, one of the biggest things is. Yeah, just trying to really push what we're doing last year and just really focus on it. Like I said, really pushing the trend development and ensuring that what we do, it's it's about, it's a fine line about trying to think, figure out where I want to take it without losing the, the, the guest fo- the guest interaction, guest focus, hospitality first, you know, that's that's one of the biggest yeah. things. And mm-hmm. I, like I remember I was in that thing as well, we just kind of lose sight and you go into your own menu and you go, oh my God, this is amazing. Guys going, what does that mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll just have a glass of wine, you know, and it's, it is that, it is that, side of it where you always have to be very careful mm-hmm. um, so now it's just about training and develop training and developing the staff you know um, say new, it's been kind of a, a new team of these last six seven months um, with people moving around so like the new head bartender who's been there for a year and a half sorry two new bartenders have been there for a year and a half we've promoted two um, which is kind of unheard of but one of the main reasons was there's, there's so much to do but I also feel they need training separately as well so it's about making sure that we kind of split the the the, the duties so they're able to actually learn on their own their own path and then swapping yeah. over with their with their training. Yeah. Um a new supervisor was promoted there. Um Emily's relatively new in with supervisor. Let's say Kyle's just jumped in there a couple of months ago as assistant assistant bar manager. So it's just it's just a full full revamp again. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we had to push really hard these last seven months, eight months to make sure that next year we had a really good foundation on just focusing on ourselves. To be able to, to to push out to the to the wider good, yeah. and you find it easier to get bar staff again because obviously during COVID when yeah. pubs and bars and restaurants were closing down, yeah, and a lot of people went off driving for Amazon. That's right, and then they were going, "Wow, I finished at four o'clock." On yeah, Friday. yeah, that's it. Yeah, you don't work Saturday, you don't work a Sunday. Hundred percent. So they didn't go back into yeah. hospitality, and there was a massive shortage oh, wow. of really good bar staff. Yeah. So you find that that there's it's, starting to come back in again. Not really. It's it. Like, I only, I only, we, we have about, we've been interviewing for probably about a year and I've probably hired two people. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because there's a, there's a lot of, before when you send up for an interview, you, you turn up, whereas now people don't, you know. Yeah. They've, they've probably set up about probably 500 interviews and we've probably interviewed a handful of people just. Um, my my stand like I've been told to drop my standards and well not drop my standards but be a little bit more lenient in terms of what I want but I can't you know it's I it, it wouldn't be fair on the staff that are already there yeah. who've been fighting to get that position um and it's still I still want people fighting for those positions you know hundred percent you know to be a merchant bartender I feel is a is a privilege you know I I I work in there I feel is a privilege yeah. and I want people who come in that have that same effect because it rubs off on the guest the guest go totally. 
it's you must love working yeah bloody do and you mean it you know what I mean and they feel that so it's it's about trying to find that those people who come in with and if they haven't got the experience as long as they've got the, the personality and the drive yeah they, they can learn. teach it yeah. you know we can teach that then like generally when people I, I do find when people have 8, 9, 10 years experience in somewhere else and they come in and go this is what I do here it's like what's well, not what you do here this is what you do here mm-hmm. you know some person lasted 5 hours you know um, but it's it's about trying to find the people within that little remit and it is a lot harder because like I say I do have very high standards we we as a group has very high standards I don't want to lose those standards just because we can't get staff you know we'll work actually 20 hours a week to make sure that the thing's covered before we get before we bring in bad staff mm-hmm. well not bad staff but just people who are too inexperienced um, so now fortunately we've got a really good team behind us now um, got a couple of really good bartenders we you always start the pantry first you know for at least a few months simply because of the floor service, the glassware, the preps that we do, you have to learn everything first. So we've got a couple of really good guys there now who, one of the guys worked in a top 50 bar in the UK. So he's in the pantry for probably until after Christmas. There's no point putting him in now. Yeah. He'll just flip and lose his head. But he's been jumping on and off and um, some really, really good skills there. So yeah, we've got a really great team. Um, floor now just need to build up. We lost a few people. Um, and it's just about making sure that they are the front line, you know. So it's about making yeah. sure that we get we get really good personalities in again, and just not have people who yes, yes, no, sir. I want people to come in and yeah. have a little bit of something about them, you know. Yeah. So about finding that as well, because it's quite hard to actually manage those type of people as well. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's about having all these individual people. To, <laughs> they all have to kind of mix and match at the same time. Yeah. So it's ongoing. Is is the answer to that one? Yeah. But yeah, it has been a lot more difficult. A lot more difficult. And then I'm sure it's the same yourself. When you work in hospitality, if you have somebody coming in for an interview, your gut tells you almost right away whether they're going to do, be able to do the job. Or yeah, not. definitely. Because it is, you're hundred percent. It's more about personality. Yeah, Because yeah. you're constantly interacting with your guests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, customers. Yeah, um, and you're doing that. 90% of the time, 10% of the time, you're serving them drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all to do about interaction and making yeah. people feel comfortable and making them feel that they want to come back again. Yeah. And yeah. it's all about the body language. And you do see people who are stressed and they run around and stuff. You just got, you just got to calm yeah. down, you know, like just take a, take a five minutes, you know, because that then rubs off on guests as well. And like I said, because we are such a small venue, you know, a lot of people, you, you notice everything around you. Yeah. So when that one person is running around stressed, it kind of knocks, knocks everything off kilter. So mm-hmm. it's about... Is been trying to find that fine line, but yeah, it's 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 great so far, so good. Yeah, it's been loving it last year. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, land on the plane. I was going to ask you. I still will. I'll give you a chance. Although I feel like you might have answered the question. I was going to ask you, like, what is it about hospitality that's kept you? Oh, flip me. Um, I don't know. It's it's it is really hard to describe because I did leave for a little bit as well, um, and I just really missed it. I think it is the inter- I'm quite a I say I'm anti-social Mrs. calls me an introvert um, I think they're both one and the same to be honest <laughs> but I do get quite shy around people especially had went for this um, one of our friends had a, like a, a a drink dinner party thing yesterday and I was like oh my god I'm dreading this for a whole week you know <laughs> meeting new people it's that's so funny you do just, it every day in work and but that, on, on that domain it's and different. that's different yeah, yeah it is it's it's um, but luckily everybody was amazing, so it was super nice. It was really good. So um, uh, it was really good, really good day. Luckily, and met new people, which is quite good. But I do find it, I do find it very stressful. So, but at the same time, it's different when you're at work. I, I just put a different hat on, and it's just yeah. you just go for it. And it's just I don't know. They've never watched. There was a, a thing on. Oh, what was it called? It was a a thing about a chef 
Um, and they they talk it's a for fine dining fine dining um, establishment, and this guy is like an absolute liability. Um, he's one of the cousins, you know, so that's why he's hired. I think it's called it's maybe called chef. Um, but anyway, he then puts the the suit on and becomes a completely different person. He goes, oh, this is the body armor. You know, it's mm. I'm now not afraid anymore. And maybe there is a little bit of that. I don't know. I don't know what it, it is. I mean, but, it is. It's a it's a performance, isn't it? Oh, you're you're I mean, always behind on show. the bars of stage. Yeah, you always especially, that. especially if you're a mixologist. Yeah, because you've got all the yeah. Uh, you're always, paints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End up turned a few. You can try. Uh, you're, you're, you're always on show. So, exactly. And, and I, I don't know whether it's that that kind of you, you leave your you kind of leave your troubles as well mm-hmm. at the door. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You just go in and you can just crack on. Because I knew um, a couple of people who were absolutely amazing behind the bar, mm-hmm. talking to customers and interacting and making amazing drinks. And after work, when they go for a paint, they were the quietest, right. saddest people you'd right. ever meet. That's it. My small talk's awful. Like it really is. But whenever bad. they went out. I say, can end the work. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. as you say, once it's a uniform, one yeah. complain completely, and their confidence just blew up. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it was partly because they knew they were good at what they'd done. Uh, it's That's what it is. It's 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 com- comfort zone, I think, as yeah. well. You know, leave, leaving like, when I left, and I was doing these these other bits and pieces, like more like a, more of a sales role. I I just struggled. I think I was also struggling being by myself as well. That that kind of self motivation was very yeah. very difficult. Uh, which obviously you know part and parcel is that it's that's something I I don't thrive in, mm-hmm. and I, I learned that um, that I do I do bounce off better as a as a team as a group. Um, whether what no matter what position that's in, I just feel better, maybe a bit more safer. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it is, but it's um, yeah. I just feel a lot better when I'm in there, and I, I just really enjoy. Doing what I do, it's you yeah. know I think it is that if I sound cocky, I'm, I'm good at it, and I love it when people come in and have a really good time. They're leaving, they're thanking you, and this mm-hmm. that and the other. That's class, you know. Yeah. So I think maybe do need that gratification as well. There's quite a lot of things I think it kind of um, is part and parcel of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And would there be anybody in hospitality, whether here or abroad, that you look up to and you sort of want you know what that sort of I want to achieve what they have achieved or. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the thing is, obviously, Sean is is has been a one of the reasons why I left Dubai to try to be better. You know, like what he was doing for Belfast at the time was something that Jesus, I would love to do that. You know what I mean? And then when I came back to the merchant, you know, it was obviously big shoes to fill, and I was like, well, I can't fill those shoes, so don't try. Let's try to do something yourself, but still aim for that same same goal of being one of the top best bars in the world. Um, and that was stuff that he does. Like I was, I've always followed what he did. Um, and like I say, with the Connoisseurs Club, really picking that back up again because I felt that guests and people around Belfast in the, in the industry really benefited from it. Um, and then there's other people as well, like um, one of my really good friends who I worked with for probably about eleven years, um, on and off. He um, he was one with he was already out in Dubai. He worked with him a little bit here, and he was already out in Dubai, and then he moved to Australia. And what he did, like he lost everything in Dubai, um, really bad investments. Got done over by his business partner. Had to sell his house in UK. Started all over again in Australia, and is now owns about seven venues and is really picked Whoa. up again. So that Good for him. his his bloody drives was was second to none. Like do you know what I mean? And seeing that was yeah, I was saying that was really inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his kids are in South Africa, and he's, he, he how he multitasks what he does. I just don't know. Yeah. That's why I was like, yeah, I'll move to Australia 100%. I didn't even know what the job was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wherever you are, I'll go. Well, that, um, that's amazing. Just you went out on a black tack, really. Yeah, yeah. 
You didn't yeah. know what the offer was. It was the person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't know what it was, but I was like, yeah, if you're going, I'll go. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then I was here stayed. But um, yeah, he's yeah he's he's a really, really good guy. Really yeah. good guy. Last question for me. Yep. Go ahead. Is there a interaction with a guest that really stands out to you from over the years? Oh, sugar. Um, that you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. I don't know. It's. I think, like every every shift has been, every shift has one. You know, Sarah asked me, uh, Mrs. She asked me a pretty similar thing as well. Was there anybody that was good or bad? You know what I mean? And we'll sit there for about a half an hour. But um, <laughs> so I can't share those ones. But um, <laughs> oh, these things are turned off. Don't they? <laughs> it's off the no, like I, th- I think oh, it's a very difficult question. That is. Every, say every day is different mm-hmm. and there there are a few that stand out where I don't ever want to relive again let's mm-hmm. put it that way um, and I find that yeah I find those particular guests how they have the audacity to come into someone's job job place of work and speak the way they speak and expect what they expect without anything back is it surprises me how mm-hmm. people think that way and I think that's that's probably the the negative mm-hmm. connotation essentially of that one but on the more positive note like the amount of regular guests we come in week in week out they come in hi Aaron hi Lubo hi everybody you know it's it, that's unreal and that's unbeatable you know that, that really is unbeatable people are still able to come back so we, we are doing something right I suppose mm-hmm. that they, they do come back and you know uh, Lubo's been out for like 15 years now as well and you know he's, he's seen people who've got together and got married and had kids he's, <laughs> he's seen their whole whole life um, before him do you know what I mean I think those things are beautiful do you know yeah. um, and they, they still come in they still talk to him and all those little bits and pieces I think are are what make I don't know it's not really what you want that they ask, answer like but that's I think that's probably where I'd like to leave it that side of it is, no, it's beautiful yeah, yeah a lot better yeah. the, the best bar saying that I ever seen was above the door and it says everybody crosses that door makes us happy uh. someone they enter someone they leave Mm. <laughs> 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 and if you ever living or dead, I'll steal your your usually your last question. Living or dead, mm. is there anyone you would like to make a cocktail for and sit down and enjoy a cocktail with them? Whether it be a movie star or celebrity or just somebody that you've crossed in your life that uh, let me. Um we save all the easy ones for the end, so we don't, we don't want to spook people at the start, do you know what I mean? We'll ask for your bank account details afterwards and, you know. Um, flipping heck, that's a hard one. I suppose, I don't want to sound too cliche, like, but someone like Ernest Hemingway, who mm. obviously loves, loves loves drinks, you know. Yeah. Um, Hemingway Dacry, obviously, because he was diabetic, you know, those type of little bits of pieces. I think his stories and everything else would be absolutely unreal. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'll stick with I'll, I'll stick with that one. I've got a few other ones, but we haven't had that one. It's great. It's a really, really good one. It's usually George Best or somebody Liam Neeson or something. That's what yeah. I'm trying to do for. I'll stick. One. I'll stick with the, the drinks, yeah, the drinks side of things. That's a, that's a yeah. good one. It's yeah. great. I remember when I started the podcast. I mean, maybe six, seven years ago, one of our first big guests, maybe like episode eleven, was Bill Woolsey. Oh, was it? I and I remember sitting and actually doing it just in the wee room off to the side. Uh huh. And he said something that I've never forgot that day. I was like, asked him the question, why, what is it about hospitality that you like? 
And just when you were talking about there, it, it really reminded me, he turns around and he says, he looked at me as like I had two heads, like I was absolute, you know, numpty. It's like, what, do you not see it? <laughs> he said hospitality is a stage for people to live their lives. Oh, okay, well. And I just always <laughs> loved that. And I think that's, it's part and partial of what you have been describing today. Yeah, is yeah. You get to be part of that. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's nice. nice. That's very true. It yeah. sounds like a, a really awesome thing to, to be a part of. Yeah, no, it is. It is really good. We yeah. do complain about it a lot, but yeah, we love it even more. So, yeah. Amazing. Aaron, good. Th- thank you for t- your time Pleasure. today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been great. Jerry's got to be Christmas always, present. We always end on. Right here. here. We'll never leave a man dry. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. You get your own bottle of Joe Bucks. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. And a wee bag here for you to. We we brown bag. Are we brown bags? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get blue bags anymore. Do you remember blue bags? Yeah, yeah, of course I. Oh, here, do you know what? Daniel, can you make a note of that? We'll get Jerry a few blue plastic bags for Christmas. Well, how to do blue bags? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Catch you again next time. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.